Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, February 16th. In today's news, the alleged gunman in Florida had a long history of alarming behavior. A former Trump advisor might be about to make a plea deal with Bob Mueller. And the Veterans Affairs Secretary is battling for his political survival without help from the White House. But first, the big idea. The immigration failure on Thursday shows that the ideologues are ascendant in the Trump White House. President Trump could have gotten his border wall. Democrats were more than willing to cave on that in exchange for saving the Dreamers. That would have fulfilled his single biggest campaign promise, and he could have taken a triumphant victory lap. But instead, Trump moved the goalposts, demanded dramatic reductions in legal immigration, and mobilized to kill a bipartisan compromise that would have given him much of what, until very recently, he said he wanted. The White House demanded all or nothing, and right now it looks like they may get nothing. The savviest insiders in both parties who've worked on this issue for years were taken aback that Trump turned down such a good deal for him. In a stinging rebuke, only 39 senators voted for Trump's four-prong immigration framework last night in the Senate. He needed 60. The president's refusal to accept a victory because he wanted a bigger one is just the latest illustration of the degree to which he has fallen into the thrall of his most rigidly ideological advisors. From entitlements to infrastructure and even Russia, Trump has moved toward the hardliners who work for him this week. On immigration, that hardliner is domestic policy advisor Stephen Miller. Congressmen from both sides of the aisle who were focused on breaking the immigration impasse blamed Miller for torpedoing their compromise. Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina, called Miller an extremist and said the president has, quote, turned the keys of the car over to him and that nothing will happen until Trump takes them back. After the president purged and then disavowed former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon, the conventional wisdom here in D.C. among the chattering class was that Trump would probably move more toward the GOP establishment, perhaps even moderate. That turns out to have been totally wrong. The budget proposal that Trump rolled out on Tuesday, which broke several of his campaign promises, called for hundreds of billions of dollars in cuts to Medicare and Medicaid. That budget was the work of Mick Mulvaney, Trump's budget director who used to lead the hardline House Freedom Caucus. On infrastructure, Trump has previously questioned the approach of relying on public-private partnerships to minimize direct federal investment. Trump's spoken out critically of privatizing roads. But this week, that was the centerpiece of his infrastructure plan. The proposal was written by a hardline conservative who used to work at the Heritage Foundation. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, a moderate, a former investment banker, a guy who spent a lot of his time in New York and L.A., said yesterday that Congress should look into issues related to gun violence after 17 students and teachers were killed in a school shooting in Florida. When it comes to policy, though, Trump's not listening to people like Mnuchin or his daughter Ivanka or his son-in-law Jared Kushner. He's listening to these hardliners who warn him that he can't risk the support of the NRA. That's why in a statement from the White House, Trump promised to work with state and local officials to, quote, tackle the difficult issue of mental health. He made no mention of gun control. That said, his administration has moved to cut spending on such care. Trump's budget proposal, which, remember, Mulvaney took the lead in writing, would slash money for school safety, crime prevention, and helping students recover from tragedies. 
Such funds were used for mental health aid for students and teachers following the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut. But the Trump budget request calls for a $25 million reduction in funds designed for national school safety activities and to eliminate altogether a $400 million grant program that school districts use to prevent bullying and provide mental health assistance. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, police say that Nicholas Cruz admitted to carrying out the shooting rampage at his former high school in Parkland, Florida. Cruz's neighbors tell our reporters that he has a history of alarming behavior. They say he terrorized fellow residents for years. He enjoyed torturing animals and provoking others. Residents say they constantly had to call the police on him. The shooting is the second deadliest ever at a U.S. school, and it happened in a town that prides itself on being the safest city in Florida. The high school even had an armed police officer on campus. Students had practiced dealing with active shooters, but despite all the warning signs and the preparation, they couldn't stop a determined killer. On Capitol Hill, there appears to be slim chance for a legislative response to the massacre. Number two, former Trump strategist Steve Bannon met with special counsel Bob Mueller's prosecutors several times this week. NBC reports that Bannon spent a total of about 20 hours in conversations with Mueller's team. Bannon also spoke with House Intelligence Committee members under subpoena in regards to the Russia investigation on Thursday. Meanwhile, former Trump campaign advisor Rick Gates is reportedly finalizing a plea deal with Mueller's office, indicating that he's willing to cooperate in the ongoing Russia investigation. Gates has been in plea negotiations with Mueller's team for about a month, according to CNN. His cooperation would be another building block in a possible case against senior members of Trump's team. It would also increase pressure on Gates's former business partner and ex-Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort to cooperate. Manafort has pleaded not guilty to the indictment from Mueller. Number three, Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin battled for his political survival on Thursday as he faced ethics questions from lawmakers about a trip to Europe. Shulkin and his wife took a taxpayer-funded trip to justify his wife's flight, though. Shulkin's chief of staff doctored emails to make it seem like Shulkin was receiving an award in Denmark. That was a lie. And the total trip cost us more than $120,000. Shulkin lobbied the White House to defend him, but officials there refused to do so. He admitted during an oversight hearing that, quote, the optics of this aren't good, you think? After the hearing, though, Shulkin told reporters that other senior political appointees within his agency were working behind the scenes to undermine him. He even said that those appointees might have hacked the emails of his chief of staff. Stay tuned. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, February 16th. Thanks for listening. In a quick programming note, we're off next Monday to celebrate President's Day. Hopefully you get a three-day weekend, too. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you on Tuesday.